0: San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at (laughs) MyBestBailBonds.com. It's time for your in-depth look at the world of gaming. Here we go! The Meta with Katie Barber.
1: Hello and welcome back to the meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm your host Katie Barber and I've got James Pledger here with me as always. Hey Katie. Welcome back. I'm happy to be back. I missed out on having a new show last week. But <laughs> at least the, the information on tournaments was timely and we've got more news um, here about where you can play um, a variety of games. Not even just Smash. I feel like that's what? all we talk about. Uh, then we're going to talk about Elden Ring. We're actually going to talk to somebody else about Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about Steam Deck, which I'm super excited about. And then later on, we're going to talk about the Batman. <sighs> oh, Batman. I don't have a good Batman voice. Do you have a good Batman impression? The Batman.
2: Not really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about it, though, because we talked about it uh, two weeks ago, and the reviews... Support our hypothesis about Robert Pattinson. I love being right. (laughs) But before we get to all that, uh, we're going to talk about Super BitFest. We talked about this on the last episode of the show. There's going to be a $1,000 prize pool for people playing Smash Brothers at BitCon this weekend.
2: Wait, I thought we weren't talking about Smash.
1: Uh, No, more than just Smash. We we normally only talk about Smash (laughs) because their community (laughs) in San Antonio is so ridiculously well put together. Mm-hmm. At least they just want to compete so much that there's weeklies almost every day of the week. Not even here, but in San Anto- in San Marcos, yeah. which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but so, again, for Super BitFest, that's going to be Texas Gaming Empire. Our friend Chris Sines is putting it together. There's going to be a singles bracket, and there'll be a collegiate bra- bracket. But the collegiate bracket, I believe, isn't open. I, I think that the eSports groups from around town, they had to pre-register for that. Yeah. But you can still register for the Super BitFest event, I think, through 6 o'clock tomorrow. Um, So, please reach out to either Chris, Texas Gaming Empire, or shoot me a message on Twitter, and I will get you the link to registration. No issues at all.
2: And that's Katie underscore (laughs) underscore cakes. Both with Ks, so (laughs) K-A-T-Y underscore underscore
1: K-A-K-S. E-S. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like cake. <okay. Thanks>. Right. <laughs> I I probably I might need to change it to something that's like easier to plug. Uh, <laughs> One underscore is
2: a bit. much. Uh, that's know. what forced me to change mine too.
1: I know. I refuse. Woo! I refuse to use numbers in a username like that. To oh, me, same. that is um, <laughs> the only acceptable number that just makes me laugh that I see everyone use is sixty nine. Um, but I mean, it's just because I have some friends that even we're all the same age. Do master
2: sixty nine. I know, right, <laughs> right.
1: Was it four twenty? No scope, sixty nine. <laughs> 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 but yes, yeah, so super bit fest. <laughs> Definitely go out and support the Texas Gaming Empire. The more yes. you do, the more we'll have tournaments around town. And if you go support, maybe you can help change
2: Ch- Katie's Twitter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I can <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I feel like I'm in too deep. Though, like, is it too late to change it? Again? I don't know. Is is your gamer tag available? It, so and here's the rub, right? Is I my my Twitter used to be my original gamer tag, yeah. which was the Squeaky Duck. Which is <laughs> it's awesome. <a> great name. <laughs> and I'm very squeaky and I love ducks. Um but I changed it because I was I was like, oh maybe I should have my name in it somehow, but not like I Katie Cakes became another gamer tag for me on some other platforms. You know, I the Squeaky Duck was my League of Legends
2: name Epiphany Yes Katie the squeaky duck
1: <laughs> with like what one underscore No no underscores just
2: Katie the squeaky duck Oh
1: ah oh, yeah you're right Hmm hmm Nobody steal this I know I gotta go do it right now before this <laughs> before this show's over. Uh, I'll be right back uh, <laughs> on the break. No, <laughs> now now that's an idea. Um, also, this weekend is something we've talked about multiple times. The first major tournament for Call of Duty League is in Arlington at the Arlington Esports Stadium. Bad news is tickets are sold out. So <laughs> if you didn't heed my, if you didn't listen to me a couple of weeks ago when I first said you we could go, you. right. You can still watch it on Twitch though. They're going to be playing the matches through Sunday, and again, it's the first major qualifier for the Call of Duty League season, so they've got, I think, three more after this one, just not local like we're seeing here. <laughs> uh, and again, not Smash News is Anime Tokyo, who has one of the weekly Smash tournaments. How
2: big were you into Yu-Gi-Oh! as a kid?
1: Okay, I <laughs> my TCG as a kid mm-hmm. was Pokemon, yeah. probably unsurprising. But I had friends who played Yu-Gi-Oh! And I loved the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. Right. It came on immediately after Pokemon did mm-hmm. on Saturday Night car- or Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now it's Saturday Night Cartoons as I'm an adult. That's the Saturday Morning Cartoons. And it was Digimon, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh! were yep. like my three that I was obsessed with. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And the reason is that we're talking about it right now is because they actually released a free-to-play Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game called Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, um, last month. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be really fun. Like, insane numbers of people are playing it, and now you can actually compete in a tournament in, uh, on Tuesdays, right? Tuesdays, March 7th. Mm So to, Monday, <laughs> on Monday, <laughs> on two, I was like, <laughs> carry the floor." <laughs> That's how I do math out loud. Uh, they're gonna actually hold a Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel tournament the first, and it looks like if it goes well, they'll continue holding them. It's gonna be right before the Smash Ultimate bracket. So let's four say, Smash. right. So either you play both, or if you've got a friend, let's say you play Smash, and let's say I play Smash, and James plays Yu-Gi-Oh. Now we have something to do on Mondays. Yeah,
2: you can go play your Smash, and um, while you do that. I'm going to play me some Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: So, And that's exciting. Just like supporting Texas Gaming Empire, supporting all of these weekly tournaments that go on around town is really important just for making sure that there's more opportunities to play every day. (laughs) As if I don't do that right now.
2: (laughs) And in other Smash news...
1: We've got. Have you been to the Evo? No, I haven't. It's I pass so it. cool. I just, I'm usually like driving out of town. Like I'm not yeah. all, <laughs> when I'm driving <laughs> way through to San Marcos. Yeah, exactly. I pa- and I passed it. Um,
2: it's amazing. Ha- is it? It is incredible. They have laser tech. They have all kinds of stuff in there. It's amazing.
1: Well, now they're going to be having, and this is where I was getting Tuesdays from. Is now they're going to have a weekly smash tournament on Tuesdays. So. Let's say you were talking about all these San Antonio weekly tournaments, but you don't live here in town. It's a far drive for you to go. Maybe you've got work until 5. Bracket starts at 530. You can't get there. Well, if you live in San Antonio or kind of more on the east side of town, North north side, I'm really bad with directions also. I don't know how I have my job I just look at a map most of the time so you live in the surrounding
2: areas maybe (laughs) you live in shirts maybe you live in New Braunfels
1: but regardless it's always a good excuse to go over to Evo Entertainment and now on Tuesdays they're gonna have the Springtown Slam Weekly Smash Tournament so add that to your schedule I think that that means that there's a Monday there'll be a Tuesday I think there's a Wednesday and a Friday (laughs) and a Saturday so if (laughs) there's a lot of opportunities (laughs) seriously uh, and this isn't quite local, but for people who are op- open to driving up to North Texas, AllCon mm-hmm. 2022 is always a good time. They're going to have tournaments and open play, and they've got a really interesting, diverse group of games here. Of course, there's Smash. <laughs> of course, uh, you, they've got DBZ Fighter Z. I love yes. DBZ
2: Fighter Z. Exactly, that's a fun game.
1: If only they had uh, Budokai Tenkaichi. Budokai <laughs>
2: Tenkaichi. Uh, Kakarot's actually been really fun. Yeah, Kakarot's. Actually a really fun game. I, I like it way better than the Time Patrol
1: one. Yeah. I, I think that they them leaning into just serializing the story we know as true as they can, but giving you a be- like a beautiful open world with a lot of fun, goofy things to do. I love mm-hmm. the fishing <laughs> it was one of my favorite fishing and cooking. Um <laughs> They're just what real, is this, Elder Scrolls? Yeah, all <laughs> of the games that I like, right? Just a little Stardew Valley and my Dragon Ball. Uh, but so they've also got Guilty Gear Strive, which is a really fun, like really fun. It's been out for a couple years. Uh fighting game, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Beat Saber, which is a fun. I don't know if you're familiar with Beat Saber, but it's I, like it's a VR oh, yeah, rhythm yeah, yeah, game, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, The VR game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, really I fun. See it on TikTok all the time, and right. people are
1: smooth. mean, right, it's a good workout too. Um, and my favorite. This is so random. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. It's like (laughs) Smash Brothers have been Nickelodeon characters. Yeah, I'm in. You know, but if any of these games are games you play competitively, they're going to have All-Con 2022 in Dallas uh, from the 10th to the 12th. So that's next weekend. So, and again, open gameplay. So even if you don't want to compete, you can just go and play. I am off next weekend. Oh, (laughs) there you go. Like, make some plans. So... It's always a good time, and I'm going to try to do more with talking about statewide conventions or conferences, just because they're always a fun time to go. There's exactly. an amazing group of retro gaming conventions in Austin and in Dallas.
2: And for the last two years, we haven't had that, so... No, I
1: know. I, I went to all the iterations of Pac South before it got the knife, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm seeing people are comparing Super Fest, which is happening this weekend, to PAX South, kind of yeah. the new... Premier gaming New, convention, updated, shiny. Right, exactly. So, but we'll try to be more uh, in tune with the conventions that we've got going on around town because the world is opening up again. Hooray! Hooray! Finally! And now that I, <laughs> and now that I live in San Antonio, I've been here for almost a year. I need to start getting out. I mm-hmm. haven't done any of that, so I need to head out to Anime Tokyo, Otaku Zone, like all of these places that I talk about. I haven't had the chance to go out to, so we're gonna do that. That'll be my. Late New Year's resolution. <laughs>
2: Although, I need to go to your bar room that you're talking Oh, the about.
1: the dooryard the San Antonio. Door yard, yes. Yes, we've talked a couple times about craft beer. In addition to video games, craft beer is a love of mine hours hours <laughs> all of our collective loves uh, <laughs> and the joy is it's there they're kind of over near Chavano Park they've yep. got 30 craft beers on tap a rotating schedule or uh, rotating like number of beers so mm-hmm. it does suck when a when a keg gets tapped that's got a really good beer cuz that means they probably don't have another one but it's a great way you pour your own so Instead of signing yourself up for eight or sixteen ounces of something you don 't know you 're going to like, you can pour yourself a, a number of samples and, and really by the yeah exactly they 've got a really cool system for it, and the guys the, everybody that works there is fantastic and they 've got good food they 've been doing a rotating menu like brisket mac and cheese and nice. yeah like, they did a curry plate that was really good, and on Thursdays, they do steak nights like every Thursday. Okay. I know. I
2: see Doryard. Right, lots
1: of really fun stuff. They do a poker night. I'm not, and I don't work for them. I'm just a regular <laughs> there. They do like poker night. They do karaoke, trivia. They've got something like That's every okay. night as of the much week. As
2: I talk about the Roo Pub. Oh,
1: there you go. That they're they'll be my uh, they'll be my forever plugging. <laughs> and honestly, most like if, if you go on a Friday or Saturday, you probably will see me there. <laughs> so we're gonna take a real quick break. We're gonna be right back with gaming news. Like I said, we've got Steam Deck. On deck? Is that too repetitive? Anyway, I like it. (laughs) Anyway, we will be right back right here on The Meta, your home for everything gaming and esports. You're listening to The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, and 103.3 FM.
0: (laughs) The Meta with Katie Barber on San Antonio Sports Star.
1: Welcome back to the meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got Sports Star's own James Pledger here with me. So, <laughs> it's funny because we had Horizon Forbidden West, we got Elden Ring, and now there is news. We're going to co- talk about a couple of different things, but mm-hmm. it's really those two games have really dominated everything. Like, Everything. Like, the entire discourse on social media.
2: To be fair, they should.
1: Right. I mean, we're talking about Elden Ring is the highest rated video game of all time based on video game reviews. Like, I think it had an average of nine or over. And we're actually going to talk with somebody um, after the next break. Who's gonna explain a little bit about Soulsborn? They're gonna talk about their feelings about Elden Ring. They're a self proclaimed Soulsborn, Elden Ring simp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, it, it's a really great conversation. I myself, I'm gonna be starting it this weekend. I haven't had a chance to take a crack at it, but just the, everyone I know is playing it, even people who do not play Soulsborns. And like Demon Slayer, or oh. no, Demon Slayer is an anime. <laughs> I say,
2: oh, <laughs> also, man.
1: which was good, it ended like two weeks ago, uh, the new season. <laughs> no, but Demon Souls, Dark Souls, mm-hmm. those are games I have tried and have given up on. Probably way <laughs> too fast because it's I, I'm not the kind of person that can just play and die over and over and over again. But from you get frustrated, yeah, well, hundred. I want to just like throw my controller through the TV. <laughs> And then I don't have new TV money, so I've got to like hold myself back. <laughs> I'd
2: love to have new TV money.
1: I would love. I would just, I would love to have like five dollars right now. Would be, <laughs> <laughs> would be great. Uh, but like I said, we'll be talking about Elden Ring a little bit more after the break. So I'm not gonna talk any more about it right now. What I'm really excited about, and I've talked, I brought this up a couple times, is the Steam Deck by Valve. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a Switch that plays your Steam games. And it's not all Steam games. Like there's a certain number of them are yeah, are Steam a Deck. Right, it's it's Steam Deck compatible games, but there's a lot of them on there. Uh, quite a few, and I'm sure as time goes on, more and more of them will get added. It just has to do with making sure that those titles can run properly on the hardware yes. that that Valve built. But it's <laughs> it's Valve's library, it's Valve's hardware. So just give it some time, <laughs> and it'll be just fine. Uh, but what's pretty exciting? There's two things. <laughs> One thing, kind of exciting, because you hear portal spin off. One point five things. Right, exactly. We're, we're going with kingdom. One and a half. We're going with Kingdom Hearts numbering. Uh, <laughs> the two point five remix. Now this is so. They announced that there is, it's called Aperture Desk Job. It's kind of like a job simulator game, which we've been seeing a lot of those as mm. VR has gotten more popular. Um, so you're essentially doing a job at Aperture before the events of Portal. It's really just a tech demo.
2: Because I <laughs>
1: like to read deadlines, <laughs> I saw portal spinoff. I know. And I got so happy. It was the first thing you said to me when I walked in today. And I was like, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) Immediately crushing James's dreams. Don't get your hopes up. He's been here since five o'clock this morning. And the first thing I did was stomp on his dreams. (laughs) I felt so (laughs) taken advantage of. You can still play it. It's just it doesn't run, apparently, quite as well on PC. And like I said, it's it's like a tech demo. It's it's almost like the, uh, the, the PS5 DualSense tech demo that they came out with. They called it Astro's Playroom, which is pretty cool. It's a really mm-hmm. cool way to get introduced to new hardware. Um, but it's not what me and you are looking for in an actual Portal spinoff.
2: And Portal was so different. <laughs> oh, it was 100%. one of those games when it came out, like, it... It hit different, and people were, I want to say, engulfed in it. Yeah. I want to say it took home the, uh, the Game Awards that year. Oh,
1: possibly. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: And it was all the rage because it was so radically different from every other game I saw that was com- kind of on the market yeah. at the time
1: I saw companion cubes before I knew what companion cubes were because mm-hmm. it was a PC game first because it was valves one of their first yeah. games that they came out with but they eventually and they released it it was interesting on the Xbox 360 it didn't release as a standalone game they released it in the orange box it was half-life and portal together ah. on the Xbox 360 and it I don't know if they they've eventually probably put it on the, the play the PlayStation 3. But it was, it almost feels like it was an experimental title yeah. for Valve. I mean, Valve, <laughs> it's a meme that Valve has not made really any first party <laughs> titles. I mean, they came out with a Half Life VR game, which is almost like a, not a tech demo, but it was very heavily on the tech side to showcase. It's close. Right, but not what we, we, it's, but it's not Half Life 3, which we all have been demanding, I think, for at least 12, maybe 13, 14, 15
2: years. I mean, if you give the people what they want, Katie, why would they come back? People
1: have been asking for Half Life 3 longer than the age of the children signing up for the YMCA San Antonio Esports League. Like, (laughs) (laughs) if you don't keep them wanting more
2: then what's the point (laughs) seriously
1: (laughs) something that I did find interesting that came out like just like last week was that Gabe Newell who is the founder of Valve Mm -hmm. Gaben is what a lot of people call him he actually said that they're that they're in work. They're working with Microsoft to implement ga- Microsoft Game Pass into Steam, which is a pretty big deal. That's huge. I mean, we've talked about Game Pass a couple of times. Taylor Lyles from IGN kind of talked about this during mm-hmm. um, the gift giving guide that we did in December. Just because it's such a for for what you're paying, you're getting games like Forza Horizons Day One without having to buy it. You mm-hmm. just have to pay your monthly fee to Game Pass. You can play Game Pass on PC already. Access your Microsoft library from your Xbox. Play your Halo save that you play on your Xbox on your computer. So I'm interested to see how much of that's implemented or if it's more you just get the licenses for the games and then you can add them to your Steam library. I'm interested to see how it's implemented, but I'm also genuinely surprised.
2: It definitely wouldn't be a meta without some Pokemon news. Oh, I know. (laughs) Pokemon
1: Day was February 27th. Which is the anniversary of Pokemon Red and Green releasing in Japan? We did not get Green here in the United no. States. We got Blue. Maybe we should have just got Blue and Green. We should have went with all three. We eventually got Emerald.
2: But... I mean, what is Green if not yellow and blue mixed
1: together? <laughs>
2: Seriously.
1: <laughs> well, we because yellow eventually came out too. I just it's Pokemon. And we talked about Pokemon Arceus Legends, which I thought was a really great take on the series. Open world, changed up the mechanics a little bit, but the core story was very different than the mainline games. Well, what we learned on February 27th on Pokemon Day is that the next, the ninth generation of Pokemon games, Violet or uh, Scarlet and Violet, which will be coming out later this year, it's going to be a mainline Pokemon game. It's going to be the ninth ninth generation, but they're implementing. Like, the YouTube description of the of the actual trailer says open world. So it's looking like, and just based on the preview that we saw, we're going to get the, the R- Legends R C S mechanics somewhat, at least, in some capacity, with what we expect from a Pokemon game. You start in your hometown, you go get your badges, mm-hmm. you go fight the Pokemon League. But I think it's a great update for Game Freak. Like, really, honestly. On a scale
2: of 1 to 10, your excitement behind this.
1: So... We were talking about the squeaky duck. They showed the starters. Uh-huh. They've got a cat, which all I post on Twitter is my cat Guppy. Yep. Named after a video game character. Uh a little like crocodile that looks like a pepper. He's a fire type. And Fuecoco, and then a duck. <laughs> Woo! So and not only though is my my like gamer tag the squeaky duck. This was inspired from an anime, but my literal name in every Pokemon game I've played for the last, probably since Black and White, has yep. been Duck. Literally, I will post a screenshot from my trainer profile and all the games that I can. Literally, my character's name is Duck, and I don't normally go for water types. I did with Sobble in The Last Generation because I felt like Sobble was a really good Pokemon personification of my of my anxiety. Of course. <laughs> anyway, Makes sense. And I... I, and I actually really did enjoy that playthrough. But so I'm thinking, I think his name is Quaxley. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Or I made, the, I'm 90% sure that's his name. No, if that's even not, if it's not, it should be. Game Freak, we're starting a petition if it's not. No, it's, <laughs> you know, Pokemon Day was very exciting, um, especially for that. We, I feel like we've been a little bit spoiled. We had the Diamond and Pearl remakes in November. We got Legends Arceus in January. We're going to get the ninth generation in November. I'm excited, but also a little bit worried, too. Like, is Game Freak actually giving themselves enough time to put together noteworthy games? My criticism of Legends RCS had to do with the graphics. And that very well may come down to the the uh, graphical lim- limitations of the Switch itself. Possibly. But we also have games like Breath of the Wild. So, I mean, it could come down to the engine that Game Freak's using. I, I really couldn't say why the graphics were pretty subpar. Mm-hmm. They looked slightly better in the tr- preview that we got, but it looked like maybe they just added better textures or something like that. You know, <laughs> like we'll see. We'll see if the graphics improve. But I think it's also it's also been like five years since the Switch launched. Like we need updated hardware on it. It was already going to be less powerful than the four and the the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One are just as powerful. And it's in terms of hardware has been pretty uh, very eclipsed by the five and the Series X. So. It needs a new model very badly. And I think that once that happens, we'll get a we'll get better graphics on a lot of these games. Uh more Battlefield news, because I can't bring my I can't stop myself from talking crap about dice, about I mean, Battlefield. To be fair. To be fair. They've earned it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, because they keep they're like, yes, here's the changes we're gonna make. Oh, by by the time the first season starts this summer they they just detail a bunch of changes that they're making to their maps like quality of life changes mm-hmm. because people are complaining they're calling it a walking simulator cuz the maps are way too large POIs are too far apart yep the in certain game modes certain vehicles the the balancing in the the combat is really off so they they've come out and said exactly what they're going to be doing with changing the map size changing POI distance changing The balance, like, balancing weapons and vehicles. And that's great. (laughs) I
2: mean, they've said they're going to change everything. And, like, but... They've yet to change anything.
1: No. Like, what are (laughs) y'all doing? What are y'all doing? And I saw um, an article about how, literally on Steam, more people were playing Battlefield 1, 4, 4, and 5. Yes. On Steam, than were playing 2042. Like, that's not good. I mean, people just are over it. Like. When your game is, doesn't include the, the basics that you need to make a competitive multiplayer fun and engaging, voice chat, scoreboards, you at least have an idea of how you're playing. If I've said it once on the meta, I'll say it a thousand times. <sighs> if you're going to release
2: a game that's not ready and not update it in an appropriate amount of time, you're going to lose people. They're not going to care. They're not going to stick around because the next greater thing will be out by then.
1: And the, I mean, and, and in the same vein, because Vanguard has had its own problems with Call of Duty, is we found out that they're going to delay, like they're going to actually delay one of the upcoming Call of Duty games because they just haven't been able to give it the time that they need to put out a quality title. And that the proof is in... That's better. Right. And I'm not trying to say that first-person shooter players gamers are like the ones like they're going to complain about every single game that comes out but just because and that's really every game that comes out there's always going to be detractors first-person shooters are gamers too right exactly and they just they deserve (laughs) they deserve to get play like they should not have to go back to a game that came out six years ago to get a a fun viable multiplayer experience from your franchise like that's just absurd Also absurd is how good Elden Ring apparently is, (laughs) which we talked about just a little bit ago, but after this upcoming break, we're going to be speaking with former Bethesda community manager, Manny Perez, about his thoughts on Elden Ring. We'll be right back here on The Meta, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.
0: The Meta with Katie Barber on San Antonio Sports Star.
1: Welcome back to The Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, and 103.3 FM. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch the podcast online at sasportsstar.com under the audio vault. My guest today is a friend of mine from Twitter. I'm so excited to finally be able to bring him on to a project that I'm working on. His name is Manny Perez. He's the former Bethesda community manager and a former games journalist. And uh, we're here to talk about Elden Ring. It, before the break, I mentioned that Elden Ring became one of the most highly rated video games of all time, which is insane for a game like a, a Soulsborne. Um, but but to start, thank you so much, Manny, for being here. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Um, I I love that right now your Twitter handle is um, Elden Ring Simp. So I've just felt like you were the natural <laughs> choice to bring on. Um but before we get started, some of our the fans of the show may not be aware totally. May have heard of it, but what a Soulsborne game is. It's kind of a newer genre spawned by all the games from like one company, which is a little bit crazy in and of itself. So can you explain a little bit what a Soulsborne game is?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So generally speaking, you know, a Soulsborne game is a game that is or inspired by um, you know, a lot of the titles from from software, right? So, um, a lot of these games features really similar mechanics in terms of their difficulty. They tend to be pretty challenging, um, but they also encourage a certain amount of sort of creativity and um, you know, kind of going back and, and adjusting your approach when you find yourself sort of hitting a, hitting a roadblock, right? Um, typically, you know, g- generally speaking, Soulsborne games also feature. Um, a mechanic that involves when you die in the game, um, you kind of drop all of your, mm-hmm. um, in-game currency, mm-hmm. right? So, and a lot of the Souls games, um, they're, the, that currency is Souls, um, and then you have to make your way back and pick them all up. And if you die on the way, then you lose them for good and mm-hmm. you kind of have to start from scratch again. So, again, it's very, um, you know, difficulty centric, I'd say, mm-hmm. but, um, certainly a goal of them is for, um, you know, for, for gamers to kind of feel equipped to take on challenges that, you know, might be a little bit daunting and, uh, you know, heavily focused on sort of the result of winning in the end. Um, and there are certainly a lot of games that are inspired by From Software games. So they're all kind of included in that general Soulsborne um, genre or Souls-like kind of gets thrown around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So games like Mortal Shell or The Surge, you know, feature really similar similar mechanics.
1: It's r- exactly. And and the souls born comes from dark souls, demon souls, bloodborne. But like you said, there's we've got these spinoffs that like Mortal Shell is really the big one of the last like year or so that that yeah. is kind of tapping into that fan base because it's a very it's a very specific fan base that seems to have in, in at least in the history of the Soulsborne games, been fans of it. There's always this conversation around the games when they come out every, every iteration about them being too hard or, you know, overly difficult. Um, but sure. it appears that Elden Ring, I'm seeing, I've seen it de- uh, described as the most approachable of the Soulsborne games without really diminishing the difficulty aspect of it at the same time. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting. Um, You know, the conversations around accessibility and difficulty and approachability, you know, they tend to bubble up every time from software comes out with a game. Um, You know, that being said, I do think Elden Ring is certainly more approachable. I think there are steps that could be taken to make it more accessible from a physical standpoint. Um, But yeah, again, it, it does retain its difficulty. There are tons of quality of life changes that I think make it more approachable um to newcomers, but even for, you know, Soulsborne veterans like myself and, and a lot of my friends that I've played these games mm-hmm. with, um, you know, we still feel like it, it, it carries the spirit of a of a really challenging FromSoft game. Um so, you know, it's interesting that FromSoftware was able to sort of separate approachability and difficulty um and, and sort of, you know, have them exist under the same sort of frame within within Elden Ring.
1: And and that also included implementing this massive open world that we're seeing that, that everybody's kind of freaking out about. <laughs> the memes about yeah. Elden Ring have been fantastic, even if you're not necessarily playing. Um, but let's so what are your thoughts now that the game has been out for a little bit over a week? Um, what are your thoughts on the game altogether?
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a wonderful game. I think it, it feels like the culmination of a lot of what firm software has been trying to do over the years. Um it seems like a really natural sort of progression or evolution of the direction they've been going. Um again, you know, they're they 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 have included so many quality of life changes that I that I think it just feels like a more refined, a more modern version of the Soulsborne genre. Um again, that that being said, like I feel like I'm playing a Dark Souls game. Mechanically feels very similar. The combat approaches you know, identical to past games. Um, you know, if, if anything, it does offer more creativity. Um, you can, it, because of the scale of the world, because it's so big and open, you can run away from a boss, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just locked into some kind of castle or chamber of some sort where you literally cannot progress without, um, you know, defeating whatever enemy you're, you're kind of challenged by. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a super approachable, um, but still really difficult, beautiful game that introduces some super interesting new mechanics. Um, yeah. That, that just make it really, really enjoyable. Um, the the story is huge. I mm-hmm. think the scale of the world kind of reflects that as well. There's just so much to do. Every time I sit down and play, <laughs> I find myself discovering a whole new section of the map that I couldn't conceive existed, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a lot to take in, but I, I think I, it's just, it feels like a really pure open world adventure mm-hmm. Um, and and especially with that with that FromSoft flair on it, I think it's it's really impactful.
1: Can you and I think the what captured a lot of people's attention when they first announced Elden Ring, aside from the fact it was a new, a new FromSoftware game that that is news itself, but they announced <laughs> yeah. that George R. R. Martin worked with the development team to to build the narrative for this game. Do you feel like can you feel his influence there?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think there are some really clear inspirations from, um, you know, uh, high fantasy overall, but, you know, certain characters, certain NPCs. Um, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody from Game of Thrones. You know, It does kind of have that vibe where it's very settled in this high fantasy world, whereas previous games, you know, the the lore and the story was kind of uh, take it or leave it, right? Like, if you wanted to chat with NPCs, you could, and just kind of understand what's happening. If you wanted to read item descriptions and get deeper into the lore, you totally could, but you really didn't have to. Um, I, I think that still exists in Elden Ring. You, you definitely don't need to talk to every NPC or read every item description, but I think the world and the story offers a lot in the realm of that kind of high fantasy um, genre, um, even even names of NPCs or names of enemies. I mean, there's some dragons that, you know, <laughs> um, their, their names sound very similar to, to dragons in like Lord of the Rings, for example. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely some some pretty clear influences from from George R.R. R. And, and his previous work.
1: And the last question is a real simple one. What class are you playing and why did you pick it?
0: (laughs) Good question. Yeah, so I'm playing the prisoner class. Um, I typically play sort of a combination of... Sorcery or magic, um, and then a, a melee aspect as well. Um, the prisoner is super nimble, high dexterity, very quick attacks. Um, I'm actually going shieldless currently, which is the first time I've ever done that in a front soft game. So you know, really focus on offense abilities. Um, you know, long range sorceries, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I have friends who are who are definitely playing like strength builds. One of my very good friends, Joshua, is playing. Uh, you know, carrying around a massive hammer, kind of glass cannon. Uh, another one of my friends, Jess, she's sort of running um, a, a strength. Uh, melee build as well. So we like to sort of balance out um, our, our play style and complement each other. Um, but yeah, I typically go for a little bit of magic and, and more nimble, quick attacks.
1: I just love how ev- everybody's playing, you know, in name the same game, but in terms of actual nuanced playthrough, depending on what you pick and how you build it, it feels like a different game, you know,
0: absolutely. just
1: in terms of the actual mechanics. If you're going magic heavy, if you're going melee heavy, if you're going for range, from what I've watched, I'm going to be starting it this weekend. I've had a very busy week and haven't had the mental capacity <laughs> to begin with yeah. it. Everyone I know has yeah. like journals with their notes and stuff. I was like, oh, I need, I need to try that this weekend. Um, but Absolutely. everybody is just has a different approach to the game, and it's just been really fun to watch. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's been great. I think especially like it being some completely new game with you know with new elements we're all discovering it at the same time so you know you, you there are some things you can't just look up because they haven't been discovered mm-hmm. by everybody so just the sense of discovery and, and this new title is, is really exciting
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Manny. You would love to see a AAA game at launch <laughs> perform really Absolutely. well and and just knock it out of the park. Uh, thank you again for coming on. I'm sure you'll be back uh, for another game review or uh, or something. I'm really excited yeah, that we finally sure. got to work together after connecting on Twitter, you know, forever ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So we're going to take a real quick break right here on The Meta. You're, you're home for all things gaming and esports. Pledger and I will be right back, and we're going to be talking The Batman.
0: The Meta with Katie Barbo on San Antonio Sports star.
1: Welcome back to the Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, and 103.3 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got James Pledger here with me. (laughs) Fun (laughs) time! I know, and (laughs) I... So the Batman came out today, but we've been working, so we haven't been able to see it yet. (laughs) But! But! I'm going to be watching it on Sunday for sure.
2: I'm going to watch it this weekend. We will have our own full review by the time we come back to the meta next week.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But
2: early reviews have been.
1: Outstanding.
2: That it is exactly what I thought it was going to be. And people that were trying to denigrate Robert Pattinson because he'd been in Twilight before.
1: Do they ever consider maybe that's how he got his range? <laughs> Cedric Diggory <laughs> to Edward Cullen to whatever roles he's played in the time since then to Bruce Wayne.
2: He was in Tenet. Oh, yeah. He was in The Lighthouse oh. with Willem Dafoe. Actually won an Academy Award for that. Well, there you go. So, yeah. People no, are just I mean,
1: haters, man. Haters. Like, super hard. And what, what, I think we said this last week. What or- was it, the
2: Cosmopolitan he was in? The Metropolitan? Mm.
1: I could go for a Cosmo. This I, day. Could, I can go for a lot of things right now. But well, what's crazy, so the re- the reviews are really good. People are saying, I mean, people are saying, that's so vague, but I'm seeing reviews that say this is the best iteration of Batman. Yes. And I loved The Dark Knight. Like, I saw The Dark Knight three times in theaters, and mm-hmm. I very rarely will watch a movie more than once. Very, very rarely. But this movie, two hours and 56 minutes is the runtime, so it's pretty hefty. Yes.
2: But I'm excited because I've heard com- Zoe Kravis kills oh. in every scene she's in.
1: Wait, so does that mean? Because she's married to Jason Momoa, isn't she? Aren't they together? I'm are pretty they sh- together
2: or they just break up?
1: I, I I saw pictures of like Jason Momoa was posting pictures of her, and I just realized that means that they like if they're married, maybe it's something that means that they're both in the DC cinematic universe: <laughs> Catwoman and Aquaman. Right, we're about that to look this That would be up, but, really... I just, I'm like, I'm thinking about it right now, because I said he was posting pictures of her on his Instagram, because I'm super basic, and I follow Jason Momoa on Instagram.
2: So they were dating, apparently, now she is dating Channing Tatum.
1: Gambit confirmed.
2: <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it.
1: Oh, I'm really excited. I mean, I... The only criticism I've seen from people is that it's really long, but I am okay with a long runtime on a movie if it's justified.
2: You keep the story moving, and if it warrants it, I'm okay with it. Like, I was okay with the Snyder Cut. Like, Mm -hmm. I never felt Mm -hmm. like... It lulled, but I was not okay with whatever they put out before that.
1: (laughs) And how long did it take for them to get the Snyder cut out? Like, like every single tweet posted by Snyder and releasing the Snyder cut was like almost obnoxious. Like, (laughs) but again, that was the cut that was—I mean, maybe not originally intended because it was pretty long, Mm -hmm. but it was more true to his vision than what we got from the first cut.
2: Fantastic. I was okay with every piece that that gave us. So I'm okay with a three-hour runtime on a Batman movie that tells a really, really good story. And the problem is they're trying to tell or they're taking inspiration from Mm. The Long Halloween, Mm. which is an extremely long and complicated graphic novel. So the fact that it's longer, I'm okay with that.
1: Have they said that this is going to be like a trilogy? the yes. movies, right? Trilogy? I wasn't sure. I have I've been so burned by DC <laughs> movies because of what we were talking about, you know, Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and But Justice. luckily
2: this is kind of in right. its own pocket universe. But then
1: we, we but we had James Gunn's Suicide Squad and that was like, "Oh, maybe I can actually think about seeing DC <laughs> movies again." Like I kind of went on my own little boycott like based on the uh just kind of the quality that we got for a while there. And I don't the know what
2: it is. Fun thing about at least what they're doing with this version. I've heard that the this is the best Gotham City that's ever oh, been portrayed. Okay. Like, the actual city itself. The skyline, the beauty, the uh Grunginess. Despair. <laughs> yeah. Like, it feels real. Like, it, immediately into the story.
1: I was a little bit disappointed it wasn't rated R. I mean, I guess they, they. I get it, but but also I understand why you can't just make all superhero movies rated R too. Like that's that's a newer trend,
2: especially uh, a wide-ranging superhero such as Batman.
1: Right, like Deadpool, <laughs> I totally get, but also I feel like you know Gotham is a grungy, dark place. Right, like it's beautiful, but it's grungy and dark. It's there's, I mean, it's it's like it reminds me of Hell's Kitchen a bit, you know? And that, oh, that's another one. Right, you know, same same vibes, even though Gotham's an entire city. Hell's Kitchen is a borough of New York, Mm -hmm. but, you know, same, same vibes. It's the home to the seedy underbelly of the city, you know, like it's.
2: And I hear they, they pull this off very well. Like I'm, I haven't heard anything bad about anyone. I've heard the Riddler played by Paul Dano was Mm -hmm. really, really good. I've heard Colin Farrell as Cobblepot is just incredible. Yeah. So I'm very excited And I love the fact that this has been described as an origin story for the three villains.
1: It gives you something for the three villains, right? Right.
2: Like Batman's already like in year one or two of being Batman,
1: but these are the first time that in in this Bruce Wayne's world, he's experiencing these villains. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of,
2: and I like I like the term they used with origins because it means it's very common and commonplace in comic book movies, introduce villain, mm-hmm. kill villain, mm-hmm. villain's gone. But,
1: you know, DC's done a really good job with, I mean, Suicide Squad's a really good example of it. Mm-hmm. You know, those people are not, they're not Avengers, right? They're not good people, even though people, people are like, why Why is Peacemaker killing, you know, so-and-so? Why is, you know, but its he's literally... Spoiler! Oh, so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> so-and-so. I didn't say who it was, but, like... These are all people that were taken from prison, federal prison, serving life sentences, and turning them into An Arkham he- Asylum. Right, exactly. And so I, I will say I really do like the the villains in DC. They've got oh, a God. really great cast of villains. Not to knock Thanos and you Batman's know, Batman's
2: got the greatest rogues gallery right. in all of comics. Like
1: Bat, I, I don't know if Batman would be Batman if he didn't have the Riddler, Joker, Penguin. You know, like all even all his-,
2: his new ones, Hush. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostmaker. Like they Spirit he's <laughs> got so many great mm-hmm. villains, including some newer ones that are just incredible. So I'm very, very excited for this movie and Me- I cannot wait to bring you all a review next week.
1: Oh, I know. Me too. And we've talked about Batman for almost this entire end of the show. <laughs> um, on the flip side, I still haven't seen Uncharted. Me but, either. But I, I also haven't heard a lot about Uncharted. Uh, Not I, I feel good like, things. No, and what I have heard hasn't been particularly good. And We talked about this this morning. We had to tell ourselves, stop, because we need to talk about this on the meta. And for as much as we love Tom Holland.
2: Love, love, love he's Tom He's a Holland.
1: little cutie baby. I love to see him and thinks he's a great Peter Parker, but I just don't know. I haven't been sold on him as Nathan Drake. And no. I've said that multiple times. And
2: I have th- I have too. And I was like, I'm willing to see it out. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard because when, especially when you've played the Uncharted games, you kind of fall in love with the character yeah. of Nathan Drake. And I just don't, so, like, he's not big enough. He's not physically imposing He doesn't enough.
1: have the physicality I feel like he would need. Anymore. I,
2: and I think a more appropriate, at least like when I, Look at the game, and then I try and adapt it to somebody on screen. I think Nathan Fillion.
1: Mm, yes. Nathan
2: Fillion reminds me of Nathan Drake.
1: <sighs> my heart. One of my first loves of like, oh, pop Firefly. Oh, Firefly. Serenity. Uh, and also eternally <laughs> devastated about Firefly, too. So every time.
2: <laughs> I, I love but I think watching he, that over but and over. I
1: agree with you. I think he would be a fantastic Nathan Drake. I just. I think it's very. Great that Sony wanted to continue their goodwill mm-hmm. with Tom Holland as a great Peter Parker because this is where it comes from. Is it Sony yeah, Un- Uncharted? He's
2: openly said he loves the Uncharted, right. games.
1: And, and he's all. I mean, and after in the in the excitement of Uncharted, we lo- like we learned that Tom Holland said, "I would do a Jack and Daxter movie." You know, definitely hundred yeah. percent. Give me Jack and Dexter. You know, and there's apparently going to be a movie in the works. So I, <laughs> I think it's great that Tom Holland is is getting the opportunity. He's
2: manifesting his right. entire life.
1: I need to do that myself. <laughs> and Dave,
2: becoming Peter Parker,
1: oh, being
2: Nathan Drake, getting a Jackson Dexter movie. Like he's got it all. He's manifested his entire life.
1: So thanks for bringing it to the good, the big screen. But maybe we can get a. Better fit for Nathan Drake for the next one. I don't know. I, I like I said, it hurts me to say that because he's yeah, a, he's, I love him. He's a little cutie baby. Um, but we'll. It
2: sounds a little kind I, I know
1: it's okay. But <laughs> Bender I, Gate's over. I know, but Bender Gate's over. John uh, DiMaggio for sure is going to be Bender in the revival for Futurama on Hulu. On, on Hulu, it'll be like twenty episodes or so. Um, and but bef- and there's not a lot to say about it. We talked about it pretty. Extensive. We've talked like, about it, like, at, but we at length. but. but, but. It all
2: hinged on DiMaggio. Yes, a hundred
1: percent. Just we we couldn't have the original voice cast back if we didn't Minus have Bender. Bender, right? Exactly. Um, and the the last thing before we let you guys go for the night, uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll. I don't. They and it was announced a while ago that they were going to merge their libraries, which mm-hmm. is great because it sucked having to pick between one yes. or the other. Um, and as of March first, that merge is. Is done. It looks like eighty percent of the library from Funimation will be available on Crunchyroll by the end of March. Nice. And then as time goes on, more will. So, and they're not changing the pricing structure at all on Crunchyroll.
2: That's actually the biggest news that I think we could get is the fact that they are not just merging it, but keeping the status quo. Their
1: lowest pay tier is eight bucks a month. I mean, and it's. So worth it, 100%. If you're a fan of anime, it's 100% Mm -hmm. worth it because Hulu's got some cool stuff, Netflix has got some cool stuff, but... They do. But you're already paying for those. (laughs) You're
2: already paying for those. (laughs) And with, uh, with that being said, with Funimation, you mm-hmm. can get the good stuff like, you know, Dragon Ball yes. Z, Dragon Ball Super. And, and my God, I love Dragon Ball so much. I know. Much. I'm ready for season like, two. Like, I of started Super. rewatching Z a little bit, and I'm like, oh God, I just love this. I
1: know. I'm, my, my next tattoo is going to be Beerus for sure. I need yeah? a Beerus tattoo. Yes. Nice. Uh, But that's got to do it for today. We are out of time. Unfortunately, every week it feels this way. But we will see our friends next week right here on The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, and 103.3 FM.